This is the Violent Professional Podcast brought to you by AriesClothing.com. All right, that time has come. Fucking fifth episode, I think. Um, but as you know, I had to pull an episode, which is unfortunate. Um, and there, there's some reasons for it that, that I kind of pushed towards the dude that, that I interviewed. So I won't get into who he is or or the reason behind it, but I kind of felt like with um, something that's going on in his life that it might not be good uh, for him if we air that, so um, I just wanted to put a little bit of perspective on it that, you know, for you guys listening, that it it was a kind of a hard decision, but it was one that had to be made, so unfortunately, um, you know, we're going to release this episode at a different time um, later in, a, in a several months from now. Um, but until then, um, I can I can tell you it's it's fucking hilarious. Like the whole thing is just um, just hilarious, and I can't wait to release it. But uh, until that time, we're gonna have to like you know hold on to it and and just not release it right now, um, out of out of respect for him and his situation. But anyway, to get on with it, what what my plan for this episode, which is a last minute episode, so hopefully hope you like it. If you don't, go fuck yourself. I don't really give a fuck. But um, hopefully um, you enjoyed this episode and um, because it's going to be a little perspective from me on life and uh, my, my history in the military. Mostly it's going to be based on the, ans- the questions that you guys asked me um, over Instagram, over DM, based on the uh, one story I put out. Um, so I'm going to try to get to all of them that I can and the ones that I am willing to answer. Um, so as a, as a basis of understanding where, where I was at in the military, I was an AFSOC dude. Um, and I was a TAC P that was a, initially I went, um, convert and you, and you guys can like, you know, listen to other podcasts I'm on and you've probably heard this before, but I was, uh, if you didn't know, uh, you're just starting to follow us and now you're following the violent professional podcast. I was a conventional TAC P, which is basically like you come from the ground up, um, and you go support any army unit out there, um, mostly conventional, um, and you're, you know, you're supporting a infantry line unit, any combat related unit out there on the army side of the house and sometimes Marines, which was, which I was lucky enough to, to support the, uh, the damn security unit, um, in Ramadi, Iraq in 2006. And that was my first deployment, which was kind of fucking rad because nobody else really had that opportunity other than the people that were in Ramadi, um, supporting that specialized unit. I would, I guess you could say specialized unit. There were Marine boat dudes that would go up and down the Nasir canal and, and fucking, you know, look for caches and bad dudes and just light up enemy when they got shot at. And it, pretty, pretty dope experience for first deployment. But to fast forward through, through some of my time in the military, uh, essentially I was stationed in Washington state, was there for about a year, then PCS to Germany for two years, uh, did my first deployment there. And then when I came back, I assessed for, for AFSOC and, and went through there and you know, got picked up. Uh, I think we had 32 for the for my selection, and nine of us were picked up. And then, you know, moved on from there. Uh, I won't get into specifically uh, operations I was a part of, uh, but I will talk about some of the stuff um, that I know I can talk about. So I'm just gonna go through Instagram and pull up uh, some of your messages from the questions that you guys submitted to me, and I'll try to answer them the best I can. Um, uh, some of them I'm just not gonna answer. So this question comes from average underscore Joe underscore two four seven um, on Instagram. So he says, "Hey man, first off, totally digging the direction you're going with Aries. Keep crushing the competition." As far as the podcast, I know there are a lot of young tack peas out there, myself included, that are interested in going the soft route and would love to hear your perspective. Do you have any advice or experiences you'd be willing to? or able to share from your time at the unit. Um, yeah, so um, I said it in the intro, it's kind of kind of a touchy subject because I can't really talk about much because, um, as I said, you can get hemmed up for some of the stuff because a lot of the stuff that happens while you're in there is, is you know, classified for 10 years or whatever, and I'm in, within that window. So um, much like my, my buddy... Um, that was um, the night stalker dude that was uh, f- that flew little birds. He can only tell certain things, um, so I won't get into any of the the combat stuff. Like there's video and stuff out there with with me in it, but um, I'll talk about like 
I guess a, a funny thing that happened, which is, which is weird to think about combat. So it was really my last, um, deployment with a team. So as an air force JTAC, you support various units, um, conventional all the way up to special operations to, to any of the elements that you can, you hear about. So, um, I w- on this specific event that I'm going to talk about, I was, um, supporting a, an ODA, um, as an air force dude. So for those people that don't know or are not military members, which shouldn't be many of you, but, um, air force JTAC support, um, special operations, conventional, what have you. Um, so I was supporting an ODA from third group. Um, and it was like one of my very last, uh, missions that I was on and, and my replacement hadn't, um, arrived in time. We were hoping that he was going to be there in time to go on the mission so that I could do like what's called a left seat, right seat ride. Well, he wasn't able to. So he, um, he kind of, st- he got there like right after we, um, left the base and we're headed out to this district center to do you know, a key leader engagement or whatever to, to talk to the uh, district center chief about what was going on in the area. So we showed up and um, were there for a little bit. And the team leader from the ODA I was with, um, he was doing some, you know, talking to the district chief and, you know, talking about wells or some shit, whatever the fuck they talk about. Um, and the general Taliban location, whatever. Um, so, Long story short, I'll fast forward, um, all of a sudden, just like, you know, anything, an ambush is kicked off, and we're at this district center, RPG flies overhead, and fucking impacts, like, 100 meters past where we're at, and we're like, okay, cool, so, basically, the team, and, like, our support element, and the, the infantry dudes that were attached to the, you know, the district center there, I think it was just, um, infantrymen that were from the local, uh, cop there, they start running the roof and they were securing the area, um, securing the roof on this old Afghan Taliban prison. And so what's funny about that is that, you know, the ODA and everybody was like running the roof minus like the team leader and the, the key personnel. Well, um, I was one of those people that fucking walked. <laughs> like I was, I was more into the mindset of, you know, slow as fast, fast as smooth. Um, so a lot of the times in combat, I'd, I'd walk, assess what was going on as I'm getting up there, not in like a very slow manner. So I wouldn't get in the fight. I was, you know, later on in my career, I was like, just fucking, okay. Uh, there's contact this way. Let's fucking move towards it. Move efficiently fast, you know, in a fast manner, but, um, I'm not going to be the fucking, the man there. That's just in the fucking middle of everything and getting blasted. Like I still have to talk to aircraft. I want to see what's going on. I have to you know, I can't just rush into fire. I got to think about the situation unless I'm like in the situation and I'm like fucking engaged immediately, then it's fire back, whatever. So I'm walking up and somebody left the 249, like at an MRAP side. And like, because of JTAC, I just was like, fuck it. I'll take the 249. It's right there. I took that, um, left my fucking rifle there and I just grabbed the 249 and, and, um, you know, scooted over to the fucking thing behind as everybody's running up this to the top on this little fucking um like this little what's it called i'm trying to think this fucking inclined (laughs) i can't fucking think see that's what cores does to me um it's a fucking ramp to the top of the roof right so i get up there after you know like i'm not after everybody but i'm scooting up and i got like a fucking bandolier of ammo um in my left hand carrying the 249 um, up in my right. Um, and I got my kit, my fucking radio's on, I'm ready to go. And I start walking up this ramp and everybody's kind of set up and like just observing because it wasn't like active fire. It was like, you know, RPG shot, initial like spread of AK and PKM across the top of roofs and shit. And you're like, okay, cool. So everybody's like up there trying to see where these dudes at and then sporadic fucking gunfire from random windows. And so dudes are like shooting down and well. So I finally got up there and I'm at the fucking like right as it turns to the roof. And this was like one of those Afghan roofs that's like, you know, kind of wavy and up and down and whatever. And you can kind of like, you know, if you wanted to, you could take cover in one of like the dips in the wave. I'm sure you guys that have been there know what I'm talking about. But um, and it's a mud fucking mud and brick and whatever because this was like an old fucking Taliban prison, right? So 
um, as I get up there and I start walking because I had a bad habit of like fucking walking through situations while everybody's like fucking hunkered down because I like, I had this thing, like I have to see what's going on so I could fucking ID targets. Um, which was kind of like, I never got hit while I was, you know, aside from, uh, when I got hit on like a previous rotation, but, um, I never got, and it wasn't because I was standing up and like observing and shit. So I was walking across the roof while everybody's like, you know, in, in corners of the building, like trying to fucking take up fighting positions and ID targets and shoot. So I'm walking across and then all of a sudden the fucking, the, uh, the sound of like, you know, how do I equate rounds? It's a, it sounds like bees almost like like that. Um, and then crack and all that shit. And so I hit the ground, you know, cause like, I kind of like sit back and slide down one of those like fucking, you know, like uh, the the dips in the roof. And I'm like, fuck, man. So like my feet slide up, um, slide up on the other as the inclines and fucking I'm sitting there with this 249. I'm trying to get to the front because I want to fucking shoot, you know, because we got Apaches inbound um, and they weren't there yet. They were like, I think they were 10 minutes out or five or 10 minutes out, whatever. Um, so I'm sitting there and... I hear these fucking rounds go by. They're like right over the top and skipping. I see them skipping across the roof and shit like dust kicking up, not thinking anything of it, you know, at the time. And it was like literally this, this event was happening a few hours before I was getting to rip out with my fucking, the JTAC replacing me. And I'm on the flight to fucking back to, to Bagram, like to, to meet up with, with my unit and like go back home. So this was like, I think it was like 10 hours before that, you know, uh, was when I was in this engagement and I'm like, you know, last mission, I was like, this is fucking it, bro. This is fucking it. This is what I'm going down. But I, I never got like panicked about it. I was just like, yep, this is it. Like, this is how I go. Um, and you know, that thought crossed my mind. And then I was like, just looking over at the rest of the ODA and I'm like, okay, if I can get over there, I can fucking spray those buildings down in the fucking, you know, in that area. But, um, it didn't happen like that right away. So, um, so anyway, we're, bullets are skipping across the roof and we're fucking like, I'm kind of sitting there. I'm not immediately going to stand up and fucking just rush into this situation because that'd be fucking stupid. I don't, I don't care. Like I was, like I said, I was one of those dudes that like stood up and look and walk through, through situations. But I, even I'm smart enough to know, like, don't fucking stand up. You're going to get fucking plugged. Like just fucking keep low for the time being. Wait until the, the fire dies. Get your situational awareness. Cause I, again, I was just like getting into the, onto the fucking roof and then got the roof got sprayed down and fucking whatever. So Anyway, fire dies down, and I go up, and I, like, set up with the fucking, you know, the 249, and I'm, like, waiting for it, and, you know, fucking nothing. So, uh, got a couple fucking, like, another RPG shot from, like, in between one of the buildings, and then, like, a sporadic, like, fucking AK spread across the fucking roof. No big deal. But the guys, we couldn't hit them, because it's, like, you can, you can, you know, spray a village down, but we're not going to do that, because you can kill a bunch of them fucking people that have nothing to do with it. Um, as you guys know, whatever. So anyway, not a, not a big tick, like not one of the biggest ones I've ever been in, but it was like, you know, in that situation, it was like, fuck, I can't move, whatever. So fast forward, um, I get back and meet my replacement. Um, I won't, I won't say his name, but he's, he was, you know, took over for me, um, on that team and then, you know, did a little handover. Um, didn't have much time and, um, did our rip out and, head back to you know get on the helicopter out fucking take off and 10 hours later from that previous engagement and what's funny is like he's sitting there and he's like bro like i was fucking listening to the whole engagement like and i was like this is gonna be a good fucking trip like (laughs) just show up and you're out there they're fucking in this shit and i'm listening the whole fucking thing the radio comps and everything he's like i was he was like this is gonna be a good fucking trip so anyway um Fast forward, we go, I get on the fucking helicopter out, uh, start heading back to fucking Bagram and sitting on the fucking C-130 and I like, for some reason, I like dropped something or whatever and I reached over and picked it up and I glance at my pants because I see something like fuzzy or whatever and I'm like, what the fuck? And I look at the fucking front of it where like it's kind of like, you know, off your leg, like baggy or whatever, like it, and it's, 
baggy about like you know if you look at your pants like it's sticking out unless you're wearing skinny jeans like a fucking weirdo um it's uh, there's a space between you know where the pants are and your leg uh, right so i look down and the fucking thing's blown out a fucking round like blew through my pants as i was like i had my feet jacked up on that wavy section and i was like holy fuck dude holy fuck like that's a fucking like i didn't even fucking know like it was rounds were cracking and fucking skipping across like, just like usual, like, in a fucking firefight, like, I was used to that by this point, this is an 11-year career where I had deployed um, five times, and had been in, like, a fucking ton of, of, you know, situations since the time I was, like, in fucking, not so much Iraq the first time, we only got into one thing, uh, but, like, every Afghanistan trip after that was, like, just, like, fucking, you know, it was, it was good time, so, um, you know, this was nothing new to me, and so, I looked down and it was like one of those real realistic moments that I'm like, fuck, dude, it's time to, like, time to analyze what I'm doing with my shit. I almost got my fucking leg blown off. Um, like, that would have been in the shin bone, you know? So anyway, I get back and um, I'm sitting there. And if you know about JTAX, you've ever seen him on the soft side. And you'll know that some of us grow the crazy, craziest fucking hair ever. Um, there was like a contest a few years ago I saw on like Facebook um, put out about, like, JTAC hair, and, like, send us your dopest fucking JTAC hair picture, and I would, I sent in a photo one time, and I got, like, I, I want a free bag, um, because of it, which is fucking ridiculous, like, send us just cool guy hair or whatever, so anyway, um, I'm literally, we're landing down at the airfield, and, you know, I'm, like, one of two people there, and I look like a fucking homeless person, because, if you ever seen those pictures of me on Instagram or whatever, like there's a few of them out there. Uh, I look fucking crazy. And it gave me like, honestly, like a little bit over the top, I'd say, but my hair like went down to my fucking chin and some of the, my JTAC bros, they had the same thing going on. we had like fucking beards and like fucking long ass fucking hair because we were like, <laughs> I guess it was a competition. I don't know, but I looked ridiculous. I'll say I look like a fucking homeless person. So when I came back, um, I'm walking, you know, like getting out of that situation, had all this stuff happen, like really close. And I walk off of the C-130 out the back and there's like one of our fucking reps, like I think it was an Intel, Intel person that was coming up, the Intel chick that was like, you know, receiving everybody. She was helping out like, cause there was a bunch of JTACs coming back, ripping out. And, um, and so like she fucking sees me and is like, what the fuck? Like <laughs> you look fucking crazy. You were gone, but not that long. Like, holy shit. Because my hair, like, grows unnaturally fast. It's weird. Um, so, so anyway, that's kind of, like, a funny moment that, that to answer that dude's question about, like, a time in service. It's nothing really specific, but it's just, it's kind of funny. So, um, yeah. Like to go on to the next one by Kung Fu underscore Grip underscore Jesus. Cool name, bro. I'd like to hear why you decide to go into TACP and then go into the soft side of the AFSC. Also, what kind of future plans you've got for Ares. Um, for anybody that's listening that's not in the Air Force, AFSC is like MOS. Um, it's Air Force Specialty Code. But um, as far as that question, that's a, that's a great question. Because like a lot of people don't know this about me. Um, I joined the Air Force specifically because back I was uh you know graduated from high school I was in college uh when 9-11 happened and I you know I was doing odd jobs and like working to support my partying habit and whatever so I was working these fucking minimum wage jobs doing you know pizza or whatever um, I'm originally from New York and um I worked in a pizza shop I worked in a screen printing shop which is kind of like goes into why we do Aries is because I used to do screen printing when I was a civilian before the military, I did. And then the job that made me decide was I was doing fucking tax prep, which is a huge part of my life now, which fucking hate doing taxes, whatever, as many of you. But specifically, what made me decide to go into the military, I was doing this tax prep job. And it was basically like, there was different segmented sections of this thing. It was like a seasonal job, right, for between fucking January and April of, you had different positions and you test for them and they'd, pushed you where you need to it was like fucking like sit at a desk open a fucking envelope with not even by hand just like put it in this machine it opens it up and you pull out the thing and then see a number and you put it in a bin and then the next person comes and it's a fucking beehive of just people 
moving fucking tax forms around. Um, and you don't really do anything. You don't even read the forms. You just see a fucking number and then put it there. And then the next person goes on. And then someday you might get upgraded to the person that fucking opens the, the fucking heavy duty envelopes. I eventually got pushed into the section that files fucking these forms into the section after they have gone through the whole process. Fucking brain dead type of shit. Like take this rack of shit, an endless fucking stream of tax forms and put it in a fucking filing cabinet or a fucking like a stash away, whatever the, the filing fucking system. And just, you look at a number again and you put it in a fucking special place. That's, that's all it was. That seemed like everything. And it, it, there's probably like, I didn't know the middle part, but it was like just fucking endless stream of fucking tax forms. You know, you just look at numbers and go, it like, look at one number in a section and then put it on a fucking shelf or put it in a bin or, and then the, the, the process continues and and there has to be like, you know, people to do this job. But it, for me, it was like, fuck man, getting paid. Cool. I can still fucking go party. Right. This is before like, I realized like life is more than just partying and you, you know, some of you will disagree. I mean, if you see high Instagram stories nowadays, you might be like, well, this dude still parties. Like what are you fucking talking about? Yeah. Um, th- anyway, there's more to life to it. So that kind of like led me on my path to go to the military first off. Um, but here's the fucking weird part. I wasn't a fucking combat related job. I was a fucking, I was a soft dude. I did the whole thing. Got into a bunch of fucking firefights, you know, whatever. <laughs> Love that job. You know, it was the best thing ever for me. Made me the person I am today. But when I fucking went to any recruiter, because I could have chose any of them, I went to the fucking Air Force because I didn't want to be in combat. That shit fucking terrified me. It terrified me, just to think about it. Because my brother, um, he was he was in the Marines for a very short period of time, but he loved war movies. And so my big brother, like, look up to him, right? I'd watch war movies too. The one that, like, got me where I was like, this is what combat is, is fucking Platoon with Charlie Sheen and stuff. And that's a great fucking movie. I love it. Um, and Vietnam is a fucking weird time. It's crazy. Fucking crazy. So, you know, what was my frame of reference for combat? So you can think about me coming out of like somebody who doesn't want to be in combat, right? But I'm like, I get this, this concept of I want to be in the military to support this war effort. Because in that tax job, like, uh, they were playing the radio and it was news all the time during that time. If, and especially in New York, because it was so fucking close to home, all of that shit. Um, I was, it was during the time when fucking Al-Qaeda was cutting people's heads off and shit. And it was like, I had a realization, like, there's got to be more to fucking life than this. And I should be doing more. And much like you all have your stories, you know where you were in 9-11. I was in college watching the shit on TV. Um, I know where I was when I fucking made the, the choice that it sparked my, you know, idea to fucking join the military was... I was filing tax prep forms and I was fucking looking at numbers and I heard that shit on the radio and they fucking, it was back in the day when they used to play that shit, like the sounds and everything, like the video and really get people pissed off in the United States. And there was a lot of patriotism left and right, you know, um, but that's where I was when the whole fucking, like my, you know, my drive to go in the military, but to get back on it, the recruiter I chose was the air force because I was like, no fucking way will I be in combat, but I want to support the fucking war effort. So Went to the recruiter, uh, went through MEPS, all that shit, right? And and was going to be a fucking jet fighter crew chief. So, um, th- and it was like, cool, I'll be a mechanic, right? I got a score high on it, much like dudes that are in this type of shit. You're not fucking br- brilliant to some respect. Like, I feel like I'm pretty smart, but um, you're more mechanical, right? Like, and, the, and fits the model of, you know, that type of thing is very mechanical, intelligent, whatever. Scored pretty high on my, uh, you know, my ASVAB, but, um, you know, decided I was like, I'll be, you know, a crew chief. Fucking super glad I'm not, I wasn't a crew chief. Like, I wouldn't have made it as far as I did in the military. I made it 11 years, and I was like, you know, fuck this. Uh, But, you know, fast forward, I went to basic, you know, Air Force basic, you know, doing the whole song and dance of that. And about two weeks in, there was the recruiter for for TACP. Now, back in that day, there was no information about, uh, really, they didn't push TACP or Common Control. They pushed PJ, right? Um, and so looked at that and then, you know, looked at some other stuff, but decided, you know, I was like, yeah, I don't want to be a combat. I, I'm here to fucking support the war effort, but I do not want to be a combat. Fucking totally against it, blah, blah, blah. Um, 
went to basic two weeks in, had the recruiter come in for TACP, and dude's wearing a beret, looking super dope, fucking halo wings on his chest, fucking, his basic thing was, how many of you signed up to be a fucking mechanic? How many of you signed to, you know, uh, signed up to be a fucking medical person or whatever? And then he goes, he, he seals the deal by going, how many of you signed up to kill people? And I was like, holy fuck. <laughs> Everybody was like, what? <laughs> like, we're Air Force recruits. Like, the fuck are we doing killing people? Like, you know. Um, and so he followed up by saying, well, if none of you signed up to kill people, maybe some of you would like to. And I've got a video to show you. And if you want to stay, you can. <laughs> so I was like, this is fucking ridiculous. Ridiculous enough that I'm going to sit here and watch this. So, like, fucking most of the class left, you know. Um, and so when most of the class left, he pulled out a sheet and said, like, come and look at this list. If your AFSC is on here, you can't do it. And if it is, if it isn't, then you're welcome to stay um, and continue this on. So mine was not on the list. I was able to fucking stay. And I watched this video, and it was... You know, sat there for about 30 minutes and or something like that. And, you know, he played um, some videos. First one he played was We Were Soldiers. And he played the specific scene of Cass. And he goes, this is what we're here for. The job of a JTAC is to fucking, you know, kill the enemy, yes. But provide cover for our friends. Drop bombs in an efficient manner. And, and communicate with your army ground maneuver unit. And reduce fratricide. He's like, that's what the job is. Um, the reason he showed we were soldiers is because that was the first, the very first, like, ALO attack he pulled out of the cockpit, put on the ground, and fucking, he showed that to give an example of, like, this is what the reality is. Like, we're he the job I have is to fucking protect these dudes on the ground and not let this happen. He goes, so this was, like, you know, the scene where the napalm comes in and it's too close, and the dude fucking, like, you know, blasts a bunch of friendlies, and it's like, you know, Mel Gibson is like, you did a good thing today. I can't say exactly because I'm not look, looking at the quote or whatever. It's been a while since I've seen that. But essentially, like, after that moment, I, like, looked, you know, and what he showed a bunch of other videos. Like, fucking one of my one of my mentors coming up, his cast video of calling in AC-130 call, uh, on dudes. And, like, you just see the dude running away, and he's, like, blasting the fool. Like, they're following him around. It's a pretty, you know, famous video, but... He's like, you know, they're dropping rounds and fucking smoking dudes and whatever. And that kind of like, you know, it was like, holy fuck. And it like, something in my brain kind of switched. And I was like, like, this might be something I enjoy. Like, so, um, you know, went through the process. And every week they had something for us. And I did PT. And my, my run was a little slow, little slow. And if you know me, I fucking hate running still to this day. Did pretty well at it after a while. But um, got my PT up, you know. Went through all of basic, did all the tests um, to assess if we were ready for the fucking training. Um, and last week, out of all the people, like, I think it was like 14 or whatever, there was like three of us at the end. Um, I signed my fucking contract over to be attack P, went over to, you know, Herbert Field and fucking, you know, the rest is history. I fucking went through it, did all right, had some challenges along the way. I didn't know if I really wanted to do it. I fucking almost quit a few times just because I was like, you know, still, like, in the mindset of, I don't want to be in combat, it was a fucking hard thing for me, you know, like, to, to change that mentality, like, go from civilian as fuck, to not, to join, to be, like, listen to shit, and want to join the military, and fucking, you know, help the war effort, um, and then change completely from not wanting to be in combat, to wanting to be in a job that's, that's fucking dangerous as fuck, and, like, I had a hard time with it, like, went through the training, made it, eventually was like, fuck it, I'm just gonna do it live, and I, you know, uh, graduated, fucking went on from there. Um, and, and so that's kind of like what happened as far as that goes. I feel like after all this time, like things happen for a reason, I wouldn't have changed any of it. You know, I might've, um, going back, I might've like knowing if I could, you know, look in the future from that moment, I would have in, in my schoolhouse, I would have put forth more effort. Like a lot of it was not too challenging for me, but I really wasn't into it as much as I could have been. I could have enjoyed the time more, you know, especially being in Florida where it's fucking awesome. Um, but yeah, so that's the one thing. Like I did great, like for the most part during PT and whatever else, but just the motivation I had during it because I didn't want to be in a combat job and I felt like I fucking was like brainwashed to be there. But long story short, fucking 
the best thing I ever did was go into the, the career field and continue on from there. So hopefully that answers that question. I know I kind of jump all over the place, but that's just me if you know me. Kind of fucking scatterbrain, which is amazing that I can even run a company under that fucking mindset. Because I'm a fucking space cadet. The only thing that I enjoy in this life more than business and running Aries is a cool Coors Light. And that's the fucking truth. God, those mountains are fucking delicious. Um, from my bro, Draco underscore GSD. Maybe a story or two about your initial selection or TACP training. I liked the fourth podcast too, man. Good discussion on leadership. Same shit here. Yeah, man. So that's great. Good question. Um, I don't really, I don't necessarily want to get into like selection or the training. Like, um, you guys can like Google that shit. Um, but like selection was, it was a fucking challenge. Um, you know, they, it was a good overall like physical leadership fucking like experiment, I guess you could say. Um, I was picked up. I was one of nine when we had 32 packages or something like that from what I remember. 24 of us showed up and then nine of us were selected. Um, so, and, and it sucked, you know, like it, it wasn't the worst thing ever. Um, it wasn't the hardest challenge I've ever had, but it, it was a good test. I'll say that. Like you got a good feel for overall who the dudes were and how you operate as a team, you know? Um, I don't really want to get into the specifics of it, but yeah, it was just a good overall, you know, evaluation of our leadership ability, our physical ability and our job knowledge. So, um, you know, I was picked. So that's all I got to say about that boss. Yeah. If you guys, uh, and what he was talking about on the leadership, go listen to episode four. I got JR on there. Um, and we're just talking leadership. JR is, um, one of the founders like myself of Aries clothing. And he's gotten a really awesome take on, on leadership. So go check that out. And give us a good rating on iTunes because that helps out for real. Last I checked, we had all five stars. So please don't listen to this and go, you fuck those dudes, you fucking clowns. A lot of the same questions about this TAC PU route. And if you know me, you know I don't really like talking about being a TAC P. I just like partying, bro. Wait, I don't like partying. There's more to life than partying. Fuck, I totally fucked that up. Okay, this one is from Special Forces Archi- underscore Archive. They're on Instagram. They've they've reposted some of my pictures. Um, so he said, funniest story while working with Anna. Um, yeah, so I, I won't talk about um, ANA specifically. Um, I've worked with them. Never got really close to them. Because like, the ANA that I worked with were like when I was a conventional dude. So I um, didn't really get close with those dudes, but the the dudes we got you know like most into it with were the our interpreters like some of those dudes are fucking legit like um i won't say his name because whatever uh but um i have a it, it was my fucking 2010 or something rotation where you know we got into this firefight and um there was this dude who liked like loved to take photos and that's where most of my photos come from that I post up is this dude like we'd be in it's kind of weird because we'd be in like this I, I guess this dude was like so inundated with fucking like firefights and shit all the time that he like he would you know just take photos during he'd shoot a little bit with his AK and then he'd fucking take photos which is awesome because like some of like the photos I have are like while we're in firefights which is cool because you barely ever get that unless somebody's running a helmet cam but it's like you know cut and paste those fucking frames out of there but these were no shit. Like he had a little camera. Like and he's taking, he's blasting fucking photos during a fucking like rounds are going by and shit. Like, or I was calling an airstrike or something like that, which is is fucking funny. So, um, we take this initial contact during this fucking one thing, and everybody's online. Like we're fucking blasting this tree line, and he's fucking like taking photos of us doing this shit, and then drops his camera and starts shooting. And I'm like next to him, and I'm like. I'm, like, looking at dirt kick up, and I think it's, like, incoming rounds, right? So, like, I feel like, but I don't hear him, like, you know, going too close. And, in fact, at this time, like, all the fire was fucking dead from their side because there was only a few of them. They are like, scooting away and whatever. But 
you know, I remember like him fucking like taking photos of everybody online, which we have photos of, which is fucking crazy. And then, um, and it's no shit. Like it's not staged or anything. Like we're fucking in a firefight, like <laughs> in open ground on the ground, getting as low as possible. This dude's taking fucking pictures. It's crazy. So he's, um, he goes from that transitions to shooting. And so like, I see dirt kicking up. I think like, dude, we're getting, like, they're fucking close. Holy fuck. And I look over and, the dude's barrel is like pointed at the dirt and I'm like, dude, what the fuck? Like barrels up, bro. Like shoot the fucking shit or stop shooting or whatever. But that's kind of a funny fucking little thing. But, but anyway, uh, don't really have any funny stories per se about the, uh, A&A dudes per se. There's a lot of stuff I can talk about, but I'm just not going to because of the sensitive nature of some of it. So, um, favorite air asset to control for Cass. Um, this will be a very short answer. It's A10. So there you go. Had some good F- F15 work. Uh, some good fucking, um, I won't say F16. Those dudes are okay too. Uh, but A10's by far fucking dopest cast platform ever. Um, the only people that I disagree with you are fucking other pilots. So that's that. And moving on. Go check out Special Forces Archive. Good stuff on there. Sometimes you got to remind him to tag you in photos though <laughs> just kidding bro okay this one comes from d dbl tap 615 or double tap 615 i'd like to know why you decided to get into the clothing business after leaving the military was this always a dream of yours or something you became interested in later good fucking question bro because that's what i do now that i transition out because it's not just like a a thing I'm doing, right? So, like, if you if you know me, you hear about me, and you're going to hear it right now, like, I'm very into this stuff. And it's not, like, I'm not, like, into fucking fashion. <laughs> like, to me, that's weird. Because I look at it sometimes, and I'm like, I'm fucking, I'm not a fucking fashionista. That sounds fucking weird, dude. <laughs> like, um, but I am, am very much into the business concept. And for me, um, I can translate my emotions, my fucking, you know, background, my belief system, I can, I can translate all that shit into a t-shirt and wear it um, for the world to see. And it's not like I'm saying I go around and go, look at my fucking chest, look at my t-shirt. Um, what I love about it is putting that, like this multi-leveled meaning on a t-shirt and, and putting it out and people look at it online, like, you guys look at the shit online, and then you purchase it, and fucking wear it, and you you become a part of this fucking thing, because it's, if you're into the company, you know that there's multiple meanings for most all of the t-shirts that we put out, you become a part of this mentality, and just by accepting that fucking concept, it's, it, you know, gives me a lot of pride in the fact that we're putting shit out that people really believe in, and I love that, the biggest thing about, you know, this whole thing is not the t-shirt thing. It's, you know, it's artistic. Yes. Love that part because I can fucking design and whatever. Um, I feel like if I'm static, not moving, not fucking working on something, not using my hands, you know, what's that saying? Idle hands are the devil's tool. Like, so that's kind of how it is. I, if I don't have shit to do, I fucking get bored and I get in trouble. Like many of you out there, that's, it's just a fact. You got to stay fucking occupied. You got to stay engaged, especially, um, high fucking high ops tempo types, dude, coming out. If you like, if you fucking just stop the fucking kinetic nature of yourself, your brain, whatever, you're going to get in fucking trouble. Not all the time, but most of the time, yeah, you probably will get in trouble if you're fucking, you know, not doing anything after being in such a dynamic life for a good portion of your existence of your adult life. Like, yeah, so that's really the the art and the t-shirt, that's the vehicle to get this fucking, this thing out. So I, and it's not the money, right? So like money isn't the focus. What I really enjoy about this whole deal of Aries is the creation part. That's my, that's my fucking jam, dude. Like I come up with a concept with the help of our team or myself or someone submits something to me. I take that fucking concept and I fucking design something out of it. And I try and I sit there and I fucking manipulate this art on the computer and I fucking, or it's from pencil, whatever, whatever platform it was submitted on and we fucking scan it and then vector the shit into the design software. 
create um, a design off of it and fucking make it ours and then give it meaning, give it value, give it some fucking substance, you know, um, and then drop this shit onto our social media and watch people either like it or hate it. And so if people really like something and we put this out, which is like a lot of our stuff, like we don't really have designs and fucking shit that we put out that people aren't like into. So um, when when it goes and people are fucking take it, I equate it to accepting this fucking idea out. It's, it's not even they like this product. It's a cool fucking t-shirt. It's a funny t-shirt because that's some shit for our competitors to do. They can put out funny t-shirts. They can put out fucking whatever. I'm into the fact that they're accepting this concept and this idea that we created collectively. Like, it's not about the fucking money. It's not about the fucking, you know, the t-shirts, the cool t-shirts or whatever. It's about the fucking acceptance of a concept that we put out as a team. That's what I get into. That's my whole fucking thing, man. It's fucking, I love that part about it. And that we have so many fucking diehard supportive fans. That's the, or supporters. That's the fucking biggest thing for me. It's like, We've made this fucking thing from the ground up out of a fucking concept. We've made it. It came out of people's brains and fucking materialized and is accepted. And we sell shit off of it. And it's it's this fucking movement now. It's like it's we've got the task dev. We've got, you know, a fucking community built on it. That is the fucking jam, bro. Like, that's my fucking shit. It's the dopest fucking thing ever to create something from nothing. And so that's. That's where, you know, like it all came from essentially, if that makes sense, if I'm not jumping around like a fucking goon. So to go back to your question, um, was this always a dream of mine or something became interested in later? Um, I've always kind of, from the time I was young, um, it, I was always interested in like this side and it's not necessarily business. It's just like putting shit out that people accept, right? So like, um, when I was a kid, I was like, I guess like business, because when I was a kid, I was like trying to sell the groceries in our fucking fridge to my mom. I'd create menus and go like, mom, what would you like? What would you like? And I'd make a fucking like, you know, like fucking food for her and ask her to pay me. And fucking she never did because she bought the groceries. She's like, get the fuck out of here, you little shit. Like, I don't think she said that, but something in that regards. But um, she thought it was funny, probably. Um you know, and I just like the whole, you know, maybe service or, you know, creation or whatever from the, you know, ground up. This isn't like the first t-shirt company that I've had, like Aries. And we can say it's more than a t-shirt company. But when I was in high school, um, I made a, you know, me and some friends made a, uh, you know, a, a t-shirts and stuff like that. They were, I mean, they were obviously weren't the level we're at now, but we'd, you know, make t-shirts and try to sell them and whatever. We sold like two, maybe nothing compared to what we do do now but um it kind of was always a part of me i guess um eventually i was going to make t-shirts i did it when i was younger um before high school um when i was in high school and i don't know what about that fucking thing but it's mostly the business and what i said before so i guess i was always like you know interested in it but anyway if i'm not jumping all over the fucking place because if you know me and now you do right it's <laughs> kind of what i do so hopefully i answered your question brother good question Okay, so um, going on to the next question, this will be the last one, um, and this could go on for a little bit, um, but it's I think it's um, one of the better questions that I got out of the whole you know amount. I, I answered a few of them, not all of the questions, so if I didn't get to yours, I'm sorry. Maybe we could do it again later, uh, but this was, the I feel, the best one. Um, it comes from brand.sc. Um, he's... He's a Dutch dude, um, and he he's got a gym like a CrossFit gym and strength and conditioning gym uh, in uh, in Europe. Um, we're actually gonna have him on soon to talk about his life in the military, um, and uh, and his question goes: serious question. What was something you wrestled most with transitioning from the military to civilian life and starting a business? That is a difficult question, but I feel the best one um, because there was a lot of things I wrestled with and I'll try to answer the, you know, transitioning from civilian life or from military life to civilian life and then follow into the business. So um, for me, 
um, much like many of you out there that are veterans and have gone through some fucking hard times. Mine was um, when when the military ended, so did my marriage. And that was a one of the hardest fucking things for me um, ever when it came down to it. Um, I won't get into it too much about the specifics because I'm, I'm past it and, you know, life moves on and whatever. But the, the long and short of it is there are some challenges that we in the, the veteran community have to endure and upon separation. And for some of us, that's as shitty as it is. Um, you go through this transition, which is fucking scary and hard and and all that good stuff and and uncertain and everything um and then you have another shit sandwich piled on top of you um again i won't get into the specifics of that but it was one of the most challenging things in the midst of trying to create a business trying to have a different life trying to transition from the security of the military into a very unsecure um chaotic type of fucking potential life um because when you get out no one's fucking telling you to go get shots no one's fucking telling you to you know go file your vouchers no one's telling you to go on this fucking tdy no one's telling you shit they just kind of kick you out the door and say have a good life hope that fucking transition assistance program helped you out and it's like you look at it you're like holy fuck, like, why couldn't we have gotten that class, like, early on in our careers so that we knew some of the financial shit, whatever. Um, Aside from divorce and whatever else, like, one of the most challenging things for me was just fucking being a civilian, just in general. Um, If you've heard me talk before or have said heard me say this before, real life is one of the most fucking challenging things ever for me. Hands down, like... You know, coming back from one of my deployments, becoming a dad for the first time, like, um, you know, getting back in the real life, coming back from a situation where you can just tell people like, hey, fuck stick, like, do this to coming back and fucking getting yelled at for not putting the fucking dishes away or whatever. It's like, and you can't tell your significant other. I mean, you can, but there's like things happen, like, for, for example, me, where I get divorced, like, you can't fucking do certain things. You can't say certain things to certain people that you're supposed to care about. Um, and so it's like real life was like the fucking hardest part. Like military to me, honestly, looking back, it's it's very secure. And then civilian life is very unsecure. You can get fired. You can not feed. You cannot make money. If you don't have a fucking plan, you don't have, you know, you don't have you know, good paying job or job security, like you could be on your ass real quick. So I think to some regards, being a civilian can be way fucking harder than being in the military. A lot of stuff, some of you won't agree with me, but everything's fucking handled for you. Everything's fucking handled for you. And now you have to go where no one's fucking holding your hand and you have to, you know, you have to be this responsible adult now. Like, it's almost like you were in this fucking void of really not being a fucking adult for a while right because you have big brother uh, military whatever daddy military fucking telling you everything to do and tell me i'm wrong tell me i'm fucking wrong now now this isn't a fucking anti-military speech i'm very proud of my service i'm you know loved the military while i was in loved it while i was in you know most of the time didn't like the fucking times they you know maybe do shit i didn't want to but like I, you know, um, but that's par for the course, right? So I will say that the hardest part, like the most challenging thing is ju- is just the transition. Like the divorce, fucking whatever, that's all life. The, the hardest part is a transition. Going from something where you were a part of a major fucking thing that you felt had a great contribution and then to go to a fucking situation where all of your friends, your teammates, they no longer exist. Um, it's it's fucking hard. That's the hardest part, hands down. Like just to be as plain as that, the transition is the hardest part, and to get your feet under you afterwards is challenging. But it's once you get your feet under you, it's fucking awesome. Like 
I wouldn't go back and fucking change any of it. All again, like hindsight's twenty twenty. I wouldn't go back and change any of my fucking career. I wouldn't change any of the stuff I did, other than maybe be a little more more motivated in the beginning. But other than that, like it's all valuable lessons. Your hardships, your fucking pain, your agony, all of it are all fucking lessons to make you a better person or make you a shittier person. And it's your choice to to make that decision. Are you gonna be a fucking better person or a shittier person? You know, sometimes I made the decision actively to be shitty at life. Um, but these days, I'm trying to be a really good person and help people out that deserve m- myself to to be a part of their situations. Um, but, you know, um, yeah. Brand, I hope I hope that helped you out, man. Brand SC, go check him out, follow shit. So anyway, I'm sure this is going to happen again. I'm sure there's going to be times where fucking guest canks on me. Cancel. Canex. Whatever you want to call it. Um, I'm sure there's going to be times where, you know, um, I need to go on and talk. Like, this is, I mean, fuck it. This is my podcast. I can fucking do this if I want. I don't need you guys to tell me or have guests tell me they don't fucking do it. You know, I'll fucking do it all I want. Fuck it. It's my thing, right? So, yeah. Hopefully you guys like it. I mean, if you guys got more specific questions about stuff, like one of the things that that myself and and other people in Aries are big big honors transition. There's a lot of you know I could go on for a while about like the hardships of transition, but I feel like you know now as as long as I've been talking myself here in my fucking podcast studio by myself, I feel like this was a good you know cutting point. So if you guys have more questions about like anything transition wise or what to do as far as business, uh, you can ask some of the people that I'm fucking friends with uh, on. You know, in the business realm, there's some of you that you're, you should fucking burn and die. And, and one day, hopefully, I'm there sitting warm in my fucking bones by your fire. But um, for real. Uh, but, you know, like, we're, I'm more than willing to help you. But just just know that if you bite the hand that fucking feeds you, I'm going to fucking burn you to the ground. And then I'll warm my bones on your fire, you fucking dick sticks. Dick sticks. That's a good one, too. Fuck it. Anyway, guys, we'll see you fucking next week. We'll actually have a guest. It'll be fucking dope. And this one's going to be good. Can't say who it is yet, but see ya. <laughs>